On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, he'd have always got the good oil, but you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. It is uh, on this Monday, the 17th of July, time for Monday's Experts. And, of course, if you're just joining us for the first time, this is a segment where we get to talk to the people that uh, we often talk to on the wireless about the story behind the name. Our guest this week is Jared Austin. We've spoken to Jared regularly when it comes to his horses racing, not only in Sydney but in provincial areas, but also in in interstate regions. It'd be great to hear Jared's story, and he joins us now on the line. Good morning, Jared. Morning, Dave. Great to talk to you, mate. Uh, and I hope you like uh, look uh, talking about yourself for the next twenty five half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not the um, the thing I'm most comfortable with, but we'll give it a shot. <laughs> Let's talk about where it all began, mate. Um, I read last night that you were raised on a thoroughbred horse stud outside Tamworth, mate. Tell us about life growing up as Jared Austin. Yeah, no, that's correct. Yeah, um, my father had a horse stud um, outside of Tamworth, a little place called Pyalamore, about half an hour out, half an hour outside of Tamworth. Um, it was only a small stud out there, but we had a couple of stallions and um, sort of run twenty or so mares, twenty or thirty mares out there. So um, yeah, no, it was good. I was, as you can imagine, I was involved with horses all right from the start. So um, yeah, I was a lucky boy having the country life, um, experiencing that. That's for sure. What was it? Uh, what was your what's your first memory of the horse, mate? Growing up, Oh, just from my first memories from as young as I can remember. I can remember being thrown on and riding around. Um, there was always horses in our lives, obviously. So yeah, it's just uh, they were just second nature, really. That was just always there. So look, I was really lucky that way. As I say, we just we were just kids hanging around the paddocks on our ponies and and whatnot. Um, so it was a great lifestyle. Yeah. It certainly was. Um, obviously, at that time, though, you, you started going to school. I mean, was, was racing always going to be number one, or did you go to school and excel at something else, or were you good at other sports? Uh, look, um, racing was always going to be number one. I, I always I always um, had a passion for racing. So, look, we um, I was on the start out there until, until I was about 13, 14, um, and that was, um, that was at the end of the 80s there, and... Uh, the recession hit and it was quite tough then. We sold up the farm and moved down to Sydney. Um, so I came down to Sydney then and, look, I played a bit of football. I was um, played with the Tigers as a junior all the way through. So um, I played a bit of football there and and was just working down at the stables down at Rose Hill. So um, I continued the association with the horses. And um, once I sort of got to about 19, I think we went through to played all the junior reps with the with the Balmain Tigers and once we went through to Jersey Flag stage I didn't get graded so I went up to Kempsey. My father was at Kempsey. Um he only just moved up there the year I finished school. So I followed him up to Kempsey and um and was playing football for the for the Kempsey side up there and that's where it all started up there. I took out a trainer's licence um when I moved up there. What position did you play, mate? Uh look I was a, I was an outside back. I must um I was an outside back or or a fullback. Um, but when I went to Kempsey, I, I was only sort of slight up there, so I was playing halfback for Kempsey up there. So that was a tough competition, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those groups are. You know, you, you talk about you know, um, and, and in in relation to to playing uh, for for Balmain and, and going right through, was that something that you you were just sort of doing for fun, or did you genuinely believe at some point, right? I want to play. I want to play footy. 
Oh, look, obviously, if you're making all the rep teams as a, as a kid, you, you sort of you have goals of getting higher. But, um, look, um, yeah, I, I, I sort of didn't have any unrealistic goals. Um, I was in a pretty good side. I had Timmy Brasher playing inside of me there for a season. So I was, wow. I was in a pretty good team. So, so I sort of knew, I knew watching him go around that I, I wasn't, I wasn't at quite the same level as as some of the some of the other guys in the team, but um, yeah, you know, so I was, I was quite realistic in that sense. Um, but I was I was a good solid footballer, so I got a little bit of money out of that and a little bit of enjoyment, so it was good. Yeah. So when you go to went, went to Kempsey, what spurred you on to get the, the license uh, while you're playing footy up there? Uh, look, I just moved up there with my dad, and, and as you know, my he, my father had had horses all his life, so I moved up to Kempsey and. To be honest, he, he had a couple of horses in work there with um, with Glenn Hodge. Um, and when I moved up there with him, he said, oh, I wasn't doing anything. Um, I was just sort of labouring, working up there. So he said, you might as well grab your licence. So I just took out my trainer's licence, which I always wanted to do eventually, but I didn't sort of expect to do it quite so young. Um, and straight away, I had a little bit of luck. I think the first horse that I had sort of run second or first start and then and then come out and won the next three in a row. So... I thought, wow, this is this is good. <laughs> um, so yeah, it sort of just snowballed from there. What about when you got the license, and obviously you're having a little bit of success here and there? I mean, every sort of career or anything you do in your life is all about stages. So, at what point did you go right? Uh, I'm, I'm above, not above Kempsey, but I need to sort of continue to to progress onwards. What? When did you come to town? Ah, uh, look, yet. It's a long story, I guess, but um, look, I um, I trained up there at Kempsey for for a couple of years, um, or, or just under that, and then I, I moved to, I came down to Wyong, um, and I was at Wyong for a couple of years, had moderate success there. I was just mainly breaking in, breaking in and riding work, and then I sort of kept four or five in work for myself. I had a young family, um, so it was just a matter of just staying head above water. To be honest, um, it was quite tough, um. Worked hard, worked hard there, and just sort of applied my trade there. I ended up, I ended up, um, sort of had a few family issues, I guess you could say, and I got out of the horses for four or five years. Um, I got out of the horses altogether and just walked away, and and it wasn't until it wasn't until, as I say, four or five years later that I I came back. I, I quite enjoyed my time at Wyong. It was a great place to train, and met a, met a lot of nice people there, and. It was quite good, but I was, as I say, I was mainly breaking in and, and riding work, and, and I only had four or five in work there. But then, after four or five years, I came back. I came back um, into the game and got a job out at um, out at the Oaks with a lady called Denise McGrath, and, and it just sort of just sort of went from there. How I ended up in the city. Yeah, yeah. wow. Uh, isn't it funny? You know, one door shuts, another door opens. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, it sure does. Um, yeah, when, when I walked walked away from the horses the first time there, as I say, I'd been with horses all my life since I was since I was could remember. Um, so to walk away after training for four or five years was it was quite different. Um, it sure, it certainly was. And I, at that stage, I certainly I, I always thought I'd get back into them eventually. But um, as you say, just sort of the door opened there. I, I was out there with my new partner at the Oaks, and um, and the door opened with a job around the corner. So I went down there and was and was riding track work there. So. And one thing led to another, and Denise Denise McGrath ended up getting stables here at Warwick Farm. Then when she sort of finally um, she gave it all away and retired, um, I came in and took over. So it just just gone on from there. We've just built the business up from there.
I was going to say that to you. So in your time off, you still were doing a bit of you know riding here and there. But what what else was your income? Did you sort of have to get back into a the workforce and a different um, a different job? Yeah, look, I no, I actually walked away from the horses altogether. Wow. I um I didn't I didn't didn't throw my leg over a horse for sort of five or so years. So um it was it was a bit different the first day back on the job. They they threw me on a couple of breakers there. So I hadn't sat on a horse for five years, but um. Yeah, look, you don't forget how to ride, that's for sure. Um, you don't forget how what it's all about. So, yeah, um, but yeah, I must say, I, uh, it, it was a little bit different the first couple of days there. But no, I, was, I was managing a couple of hotels and, and just sort of doing labouring work. I just, um, yeah, sort of just went, life took me in a different direction. Yeah, and isn't it funny too, like you, you have that situation where you are put, not under pressure, but you're put in a different circumstance and... You have to learn different skills, be a different, I guess, a different person, so to speak. Uh, that's one thing about the racing game. It's it's a, it's a bubble, and um, people outside the bubble don't really understand the lingo, the talk, the the, the way in which our um, our brains work. But to put yourself outside of that and then come back in, you can bring some of those other skills back into it. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, I certainly learned a lot from my time away. Just just as you say about life in general. Um, but as soon as I came back, it was it was like a one of those light bulb sort of moments, as people say. Um, I didn't realise how much I'd missed the horses, um, and I didn't realise how much that racing was just meant to be for me. I think it was the first day back on the job, or you know, I just thought, wow, why why is it taking me so long to um, to come back to these animals? So yeah, as soon as I did, I I, I haven't looked back from there. What about uh, your time at Warwick Farm, mate? Um, tell us about how many you've got in work. Uh, we've got stables here of 18 or 17 here, and we've got a little place down the road. We rent some extra boxes whenever we've got an overflow. So we sort of keep around the 20, 25 mark um, in work. Um, and, look, we, have, we built that up. I first started here, as I say, when I took over from, from Denise's place um, when, when she was training here. I sort of had four, four or five in work. Um, and we had a little bit of success straight away, as, as I mentioned before. I've been a little bit lucky in that regard. I think the the first horse I took over from Denise, we um we won in town, uh, we won in town on at Randwick, so that was um that was a good thrill uh, to to get that out of the way. Um, little Merkel Yonder Star Galileo Mare, so that that was really good. Um, and then we just gradually built the place up from there. It's been um it's hard work in town when you're when you're only a small trainer. It's it's quite difficult to compete against the bigger stables because we don't have the quality of horses here. So, but we all race in the same races. So you've just got to you've just got to manage what you've got uh, to the best of your ability. When it comes to uh, the the horse that you get, I mean, you've had some good ones. Look like Elvis. Uh, looks like Elvis comes to mind straight away. I mean, a horse that uh, has given you a lot of fun and taken you, you know, into some really good races. But um, are you looking at bringing some more younger ones in. What's the stable looking like at the moment? Oh, definitely. You're always looking at trying to bring in bring in new horses. Um, as I mentioned before, it's quite difficult. We're not big players in the yearling market. Um, you know, that's just that's just the way it is. So we have to sort of, we have to manage our stable and, and manage our horses as the best we can. I've been quite lucky, though. I've been quite lucky the whole way through. We've always had a, we've always had a decent horse in the barn, um, we started off with Ken Commander, was a good horse for Denise, and then from then on in, we've we've had sort of we had Urquidez in my first season. He ran second in an up and coming to to Rebel Dane there 
unfortunately we sold him to Hong Kong. So, but um, but we've always had a, we've always had a good one. We had we had Territory who you know he run third in a in an expressway stakes amongst many other you know group and listing placings. In and up was another one that came out and ran third in a listed race for us. So we've always had had the one horse there that's highlighted our stable, and then and then looks like Elvis has come along. So in that sense, we we've, we've been quite quite lucky. Um, but we don't spend a lot of money on our yearlings. We we rely on rely on our good customers and you know loyal owners who sort of pass us off yearlings that they buy. None of them are on the high end, um, and we just look for we just look to try and find some bargains that come through. And so yeah, it is difficult in that sense. You know our our yearling base of coming through each year. We sort of only work on five or six yearlings would come through. I think this year's a big year for us. We've got 11 yearlings coming through. So. So when you look at those numbers compared to some of the biggest stables, it's you can see we we have to be we have to manage them quite well to be able to compete. What about what you want to achieve, uh, Jared? What's something that you want to win? What's a one race you'd love to win? Oh, geez, there's many races I'd love to <laughs> I'd love to win. I guess um I guess everyone looks at the Melbourne Cup as a race you'd love to win, and I'm no different. But I'd love to have a horse good enough to win a Cox Plate. That'd probably be the race that I would um that I would like to win. Um, yeah, hopefully one day we can find one that will walk through the barn that's good enough to do that. But look, any with the prize money that gets around at the moment and and, and the um, and all the other races that are on at the moment, look, just to be competitive in Sydney in this Sydney market is is our goal. Um, we just want to be competitive, have horses that can race consistently on a Saturday um, and can win your races. So that's sort of the goal and. Anything above that is a bonus, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Jared, yeah. what about um, just some of your training philosophies? I mean, you mentioned about horses that you don't get um, in your summer. You don't get the, the, the you know, million-dollar colts or the, uh, the the expensive yearlings that come through. So because you're obviously not dealing with blank canvases, you're dealing with horses that may have issues, what is your philosophy with each horse when they first come into the stable? Look, well, I'm, I'm very patient with all of ours. Uh, we're very patient because, as as we mentioned, we don't have a, we don't have the huge numbers coming through the barn. So, so you have to be you have to be quite patient with them and give them the time that they need to try to get the very best out of them all. We sort of pride ourselves here on on giving each horse individualised care um, because you know we don't have the big systems and the big numbers so we have to try to be a little different from from the rest so that we can compete and so that's what we pride ourselves on each horse gets gets individualized care here um and that's you know that can be quite challenging at times with them all but um that's that's sort of what we pride ourselves on and i think we do a good job in that regard you know your motto your motto or your, or your way you want to train you, i guess with every trainer you want to try and get the best out of each horse that you possibly can. Um, and it doesn't always happen. You know, sometimes you, sometimes horses will finish their career or walk away and you, and through either through luck or bad luck or through injuries or, or whatnot, you think, gee, we didn't quite get the best out of that animal. So that's, that's quite frustrating, but um, that's sort of what we try, try to pride ourselves on here is if we can individualize care for each horse and trying to get the very best out of each one. So, Look, to answer your question, when they come through the barn here, um, first and foremost with us here, we try to we try to get the horse happy, happy and relaxed, and 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 enjoying what he's doing. That's that's probably the first thing that we try to do here. Um, very lucky in our stables here at Warwick Farm, we've got a couple of yards out the back, which is um, quite rare in the in the city to have that. So 
horses get to go out during the day and or of an afternoon and, and get a an hour or so of just rest and relaxation, get their head down and pick the grass and I find that's I find that's gold for these horses around here. Yeah. Great stuff. It's been wonderful to talk with you this morning, uh, Jared. Before I let you go, um, two things. Uh, what would a young uh, Jared Austin say, or what would you say if you were standing in front of a young Jared Austin right now? What would, what would the advice you'd give him? <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I could certainly give him a lot, put it that way. But um, look, um, I just learned off my father, and, I, and you probably hear a lot of trainers say this, but you've just got to work hard. Um, you, you have to work hard. I probably, when I was younger, I guess with most people, I just wanted things to happen, you know, too quickly. Um, you just got to be patient and work hard. And I think, um, I think that's that'd be very good advice for a young Jared Austin. <laughs> and what about uh, last but not least, if people are wanting to get in contact with you, best ways via the website. If they're listening to this right now and they think, you know what, I'd like to get involved with horse ownership with you. Yeah, most definitely. Look. Um, Either give give me a call. My number's on the website there, austinracing.com.au. And, yeah, we'd love to have you on board. Good to talk to you, mate. Uh, and good luck with these horses coming up. Actually, before I let you go, have you got um, – because we don't usually talk about the horses when it comes to um, what's in for the week, but you're always good with your horses at your place. Have you got anything in this week? I'm very quiet this week. We've had a good run. We won our last – the last three runners have gone to the track of all saluted. Yeah. So we had a good little good little run, but – um. We're quiet this week, um, but look, we just we've got a couple of couple of nice horses coming back just around the corner, and a Coley Beagle, and looks like Elvis aren't far away. So keep your listeners to keep an eye an eye out for them. Perfect. What what are you going to do with Vindication, mate? Because it's uh, he was very good at Wong. I know that was only a a class one, but uh, he just did it did it like he he's going to win in town. Yeah, he did. Look, we've always had a really high opinion of him, um, and it was just good to sort of get that monkey off his back since he's come to our stable. So we had a few issues with his feet last preparation, but touch wood, everything seems to be really good at the moment. Um, look, if everything if everything goes well over the next week or two, you'll, you'll see him in a midway in town in three weeks' time. Yeah. Good stuff, and then who knows where we'll end up seeing him. Do you think he's right up to a, a certain degree, right up to it? I think he can get through to Saturday grade on what he's shown me so far. So, um, and look, and hopefully these horses, once they build a bit of confidence and learn how to race properly and everything, then hopefully he can go even further. But at, at the moment, I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident we can get him through to Saturday class. Good stuff. Thanks for coming on, Jared. Good chat. Thanks for having me.